Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Cat Builder Talk Radio Show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. Enjoy the show. Hey, good evening. This is Mark Parham. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business today. Helping you build the capacity to change your life, helping you to walk in your purpose. We are well into the 20 year 2017. It's going by so fast. All I need to ask you is that are you ready? Okay. A lot's going on. A lot of you start out the year with a plan, and some of you have already stopped that plan. Sometimes you need to recreate a new plan. But we're going to talk about that because the Cat Builder Talk Show is focused on giving you the information you need to make the right changes in your life because we know that information is key. You know, with the right information, you can make educated decisions. And tonight, we're going to talk about how to navigate entrepreneurship and balance your life at the same time because it's go time. Are you ready? Tonight's sponsor is MedX Prime, helping you to know if you're taking the right medicines for you. Okay, tonight's show, we got a great lineup. Martin Pratt hadn't been here in a while. He's going to be through with some small business news and tech report. From my big eyes, Janet Montgomery, she's not here this evening, but she's going to be with us in spirit. She's off doing what she does, letting everybody know about what's going on. And Ira from Itaw Credit might stop in tonight to talk a little bit about credit. During my Cat Builder Minute, I'm going to talk about five ways to protect yourself from energy vampires. And during my interview tonight, I'm very excited. I got business coach and author Kevin McGee. He's going to be discussing his new book, I Am the First. It's a book about entrepreneurship and balancing life. He has a lot of experience. I feel like I'm going to be finally having somebody met my match tonight. We're going to be chopping up about what's going on in the world of business coaching. Upcoming events, you know, tomorrow night at the Urban League of Greater Atlanta, we're holding a Get Your Business Funded workshop where you're going to actually be able to meet a couple local funders from a micro loans and a bank. You're going to be able to talk to them about what it is they're looking for and what it is you need to do to be ready to come get a loan. Wednesday evening, the 26th, J.P. Morgan Chase is partnering with Morehouse College Entrepreneurship Center and Tech Square Labs to launch Ascend 2020 ATL, a technology startup and small business support ecosystem building initiative for minority-led companies throughout metropolitan Atlanta. Come check it out. It's going to be at Tech Square Labs Wednesday night. Saturday, April 29th, Money Smart for Small Business Facilitator Training Forum. If you've been looking for a way to train people, 
Money Smart, FDIC has developed a great system already set up for about a year to help people learn how to start and grow their businesses. So if you want to learn how to use this free system, all you got to do is show up Saturday, April 29th at Clark Atlanta University. You're going to learn how to do it. I want to be there working with it. So I want you to come check us out. Other announcements. I'm going to start helping you get the most and get the word out about your business or event. So contact me to talk about putting the package together for you. Video, commercials, whatever you need. I'm also working on a TV show that's going to be featuring fantastic small business people. So contact me if you also want to be on the show. I'm going to go to break. And when I go to break, I'm going to come back. I think we're going to start this this party out with Brother Martin Pratt, Small Business News and Tech Report. So stick with us. You're listening to Cat Builder Talk. I'll be back in a moment. If you or someone you know is taking prescription drugs, consider these facts. There are more than 2 million hospitalizations and over 125,000 deaths because of adverse drug reactions, making it the fourth leading cause of death annually. But now there is a solution. Welcome to the era of personalized medicine and PGX testing. This life-saving test provides your doctor with the right information, the right drug, right dose right from the beginning and this test is paid for by medicare part b and many insurance companies to learn more about this life-saving test and how you can avoid adverse drug reactions please call 404-721-2338 or visit medexprime.net forward slash e w s again that's 404 404- Seven two one two three three eight, or visit medexprime.net forward slash e w s. That's m e d x p r i m e dot net forward slash e w s. And make sure you mention Cap Builder Radio in your comments. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. start this conversation out this evening with brother Martin Pratt with the small business news and tech report Martin what's going on this evening man hey Mark <clears throat> trying to figure out what this weather is doing 
One day it's man, 83, next day it's 52. Right. So, Tell me about it, man. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of lost in the sauce about should I be cold, should I be hot, like what the, you know, so. Well, hopefully like, we only well, got a few more weeks of it and it's going to balance itself out. We'll see. I mean, you know, you watch Bill Nye, he talks about, you know, Global warming and everything. Our uh, president won't won't uh, you know. So we'll see. We'll see. Yes, hey, it doesn't exist. If I don't speak about it, so so childish. Anyway, um, it's been a while since yeah, you've been so, on, man. So I'm sure you got some things to talk about. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Uh, upcoming in particular is uh, April 30th to uh, May 6th next week. Stars uh, Small Business Week. So what I'm really interested in seeing is uh, on uh, Tuesday, May 2nd, there is a Facebook Live session with our illustrious leader of the Small Business Administration, Linda McMahon. And she has, was on CNBC last week saying that uh, regulations and paperwork are stifling small businesses. So... Um, I'm really interested to see, and I think I'm going to uh, host a uh, – I'll come back on a Monday and talk about um, – remind everybody. But I'm going to host a uh, a watch party at Tech Square because, I mean, she's she's supposed to be, you know, the person that theoretically the buck stops there at the Small Business Administration. And I think that most of us should at least be interacting with her, you know, um, letting her know that either black-owned businesses or Georgia businesses or Atlanta-based businesses or uh, any of the Center for Entrepreneurship with the Urban League needs to be letting her know that we're watching her and that we do want to uh, increase um, fluidity and capital, and we do want, um, I think, that we want less regulation of the small business, not more. You know, so we have less people, right. so that would be interesting. But anyway, <clears throat> so next week is is National Small Business Week, and the the Tuesday it's on our Facebook page. Um, Linda McMahon will be on Facebook Live, so we'll, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> wow, <laughs> should that's be gonna be interesting. interesting. Yeah, it should be really yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. So and then for the um, the listeners that. Uh, in your email list, I think I talked about a book called Built to Sell, and I think I talked about it from perspective of, um, you know, that if you're building a company or a business and you're looking to either A, turn into a franchise, or B, you're hoping to be bought out by a larger company, you have to situate yourself correctly. And this book is just a quick read. It's not even maybe 160 pages long. I don't know, maybe it's that. Um, <clears throat> the the guy's name is uh, John War, W-A-R-R-I-L-L-O-W. And, um, yeah, it might have 100, 180 pages, something like that. And, uh, um, but anyway, Built to Sell. He also has another book called The Automatic Customer. Um, but initially... I think our audience really needs to read Built to Sell. It helps you pare down uh, in a fictional story, except for the last chapter, is a recap in real life. 
But it's a fictional story of a small business owner who wants to sell his company, goes to his best friend and says, hey, I'm ready to sell. But his best friend, you know, throws some cold water on him and says, you don't have anything to sell. And he's like, what do you mean? I, you know, I'm making a million dollars every quarter. Yeah, it was just all coming from one client. And that one client is actually causing people in the company to leave. So okay. what happens if he lost that one client? You know, he would be. And then how, how much cash does he have on hand to float if that one client walked out the door? So uh, big client, you know, he has several small clients, but he has to pivot and figure out what's his real secret sauce or what's his real product that he really has a tangible that's growable and that will make the business healthy to stand on its own to be plucked by a bigger company or to be uh, sold to his employees. The company appears to be valuable because they have a, they have an invoice out, and it's a bank or a uh, a big corporation that's feeding them. But they're not necessarily that healthy because that one person walked out the door. And also the, the lack of creativity that that client uh, uh, kind of stifles the creativity of the business, people are leaving. So he's losing employees, and he has, he has to train new employees. And when you do that, you're losing a certain amount of equity or value in that company because – now that brain trust is gone, you got to start from zero. So this, this book covers all that and also covers looking at profitability. I think a lot of people talk about what's gross um, revenue and they talk about what's net. But even after net, you're still paying taxes and you're still uh, the cost of, um, of health care, the cost of what's the, what's the cost of, we talk about what's the cost of acquiring a customer, but we also don't talk a lot about what's the cost of losing an employee. So I think right. this is particularly a great book. And because you're you and because of who we are, I have the book available to your listeners and to your email database for free. So we're going right. to really try to rally around this concept of creating healthy businesses, creating businesses that can be bought, or that the employees can decide to, you know, want to open a second business like this. But we got to get our business's mindset in the mindset of being really real and look in the mirror and say, what kind of health am I really in? And a lot of us are, you know, <clears throat> familiar with businesses that um, you, go on, you, you go on Tuesday and they have pork chops and ribs and stuff. By Friday – they only have some chicken. You're like, what happened to the pork chops? Oh, we ran out. Well, why can't you buy more? Well, I don't, you know, I need a bank loan, I need a bigger freezer, I need this. Right. So those right. those type of scenarios, they stifle. So the business is open and they're making money and they're in a good location, but they're really not longevity-wise. That's basically like somebody living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And one little thing happens, that business is dead. And so my goal for 2017, 2018, really to 2020, because on 2020 there's a new um, set of skill set that is going to be necessary to survive, and that's going to be emotional intelligence. But we can't get people there, business owners there, with EI yet, because we've got to figure out, you got a good business, you know, is it, is it on its last leg? and it's just propped up, 
by your energy, or this is a, this is a super healthy, vibrant business. Amazon is going to be coming hard. We talked about what happened, you know, with, with Walmart into our communities right. some years ago. Amazon is going to be coming hard into the, into the community. And we know that Amazon carries thousands of products. We also know now that Amazon is able to deliver those products within four hours. So right. we've got to get ourselves ready. <laughs> you know, this is, this is, the whole game is getting ready to change. With drones, with artificial intelligence, the human being and the human experience could be something that's super valuable to those of us that want to interact with another human being. At the same time, the other side of the table is that, that, that this drone type of uh, automated type of business also leaves a, the ability to open a door for a lot of businesses that may, no one wants to automate, but it probably could be automated and might be interesting automated. Again, you've got to be in a healthy business scenario for that to happen. And then, you know, after we tackle this built-to-sell whether it takes us a year or, you know, and we just proselytize people on build to sell uh, and maybe do some classes, some master classes on it and, and have some build to sell groups and have some customers, people that have actually uh, owners who actually sold their business two and three, going through the mm-hmm. course or going through the book, study groups. Um, because, again, I think that a lot of times as I went to, I went to Houston for South by Southwest and I looked at the Houston businesses and, I mean, a lot of people will talk about Santa Fe, talk about Portland, and talk about Seattle and Austin, Texas. And the thing that I, I couldn't really, you know, I didn't see any difference between Austin and, and Atlanta or, or Charlotte or uh, um, any of the Ohio cities, Cincinnati. What I saw, though, it, it felt like every time I went to, into a business, they had employees who were – pretty much like happy to be there at work. They weren't, they weren't necessarily like, you know, Oh my God, I love this place. But they, at the same time, they, they asked you a question. They looked. And so I was asking different, some were college students, some were, you know, lifers. And they said, well, I just, I love the business. I enjoy it. And, and the, the, the uh, customers that came into business, I sat in a coffee house and watched people drive up and come in and, it wasn't a it wasn't a Starbucks style place. It was kind of small. It used to be an old house, and um, I just started to observe these businesses. And they, well, I think, and I talked to a couple of the um, people in city council in Austin, and they have a very healthy business environment. One mm-hmm. that is not small business environment. That's not that's not dependent upon corporate America or dependent upon um, a large college inflection. It's people in the city who really, you know, spend money. I went to a small grocery store, and it was small. But it, it, you know, it was reminding me of the old, the old days how uh, bodegas used to be. But the difference is they had some high-end products there that were just like at Whole Foods. Or, and I asked, you know, how long you guys been in business? Seven years, and the neighborhood is not super wealthy, but people came there versus going to Whole Foods. Um, I think that we have to really look the at. Business. Right, the community right, right. is supporting the business. Exactly, and the business is is, is in a it does have it did have twelve or fifteen parking spaces, so right. you know if if it got packed, you know it's just a lot of little things that I think that when we look at what's happening, particularly we're broadcasting from Atlanta, and we look at what's going to happen on the west end of Atlanta or the west side and the West View 
the next two years, it's going to be a huge opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm calling the West Side Midtown West. And I'm calling it that because, or Inman Park West, <laughs> or, you know, Old Fourth Ward West, because the communities that are coming over there are leaving um, that downtown Midtown and going out to the West Side because there's a lot of opportunities there, but there's just this big land. There's just wide open space right, for people to build right. something. People, the city is giving tax credits. There's but a couple it's, it's of still major. Gonna, it's um, still going to take the community though to support this. Okay, you know, people still absolutely. have to shop. People still have to stay in the community and support these businesses. You know, you can get them started, but without the support of the community, they're not going to thrive. And I feel, well, what's kind of interesting, like, for instance, there's a beer place that opened up beer. Hey, what do they call it? They, uh, I want to say, a, not a French, maybe like an Italian beer place to watch uh, uh, on Ralph David Abernathy to watch the Atlanta United, which is Atlanta's new soccer team. Soccer, it's just yeah. open on, it's on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, a place just to come drink beer, sit there, watch the soccer matches. So I feel like, you know, and soccer fans are known for going all over anywhere. They, they, they feel they can watch something there. They're going to come from wherever, four miles away, two hours away, because they want to be around that community. And right. that type of business is going to change the dynamics of what a bank looks at. The closest bank to there is Fifth Street, Fifth, uh, 5-3, Fifth whatever third. that is, Bank. Fifth Third. Fifth Third Bank. Third. Yeah, and, they, and so they're going to evaluate the like how to give business loans based on what's successful, and that will change the dynamics in the, in the, in that community. And right. those type of businesses will seem successful, and the old school businesses that have been there for a while, the cleaners, the laundromat, whatever, they're going to be held to a different standard. Right. So, and it's going to be like, why can't you guys to do the returns that these guys are doing? And I think that we if we don't get ourselves straight and really dive into what really is, is um, ails us or what's re- what we were really successful. In this book, the guy was really successful at making logos, and he had to pare down from from, from doing commercials and doing uh, uh, print ads, campaigns, and all this great graphic work. But it was a lot of, a lot of work. Whereas he, when he pared down just to designing logos and selling the logos, he was making double, and in one case, in one month, he went, he made four times yeah. what he normally make. Because yeah, it's kind of hard to figure out what you got to focus on, though. Sometimes, so that's what we got. And there's no place to go. Either. Like, like, yeah, like yeah. your show is one of those rare shows where you're 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 a person who's not just passionate about business, but you actually have a business. You actually open bit, you know, open businesses. You actually deal with the banks. You actually know people in the political community. So you're not just uh, a, a podcast or radio show that talks about business. You actually live, live, breathe, and eat that right. stuff. And uh, a lot of places aren't like that, and you can't find someone to really talk to. So the, to, to me, right. you know, even though we're we're in a uh, eight second attention span uh, economy now, you we got to get for business owners to succeed the next in 2020. They're going to have to take a minute, read and start right. to listen to people like you um, come out from their business, go to meetups, 
Start listening when we have the mayor's race in Atlanta. Start listening to what these politicians are talking about. Start following what's happening at City Hall. Like, I don't, I didn't know that you could, uh, so if I have a business next to your business and you decide to tow people out of your parking lot and my customers happen to park in your parking lot and they get towed, well, and even if my customer comes to your business and, and buys from you, buys from me, then comes to you or comes to you and then comes to me, that's still legal for for you to decide to tow them. Yeah, yeah. That's why the community has to work together, man. Yeah, that's like that's like that's the worst thing in the world. Like, what? what how, how did this happen? Well, nobody went to any of the uh, the city council meetings where it was approved that they could do this. <laughs> no, so no business owner, you know. <laughs> and so there's there's a lot of little things that we definitely have to work on as a community. But I really want my goal and my gift to the to your audience is for this year for us to talk about is your business built to sell or is your business built to fail? That's not the name of the book. The name of the book is built to sell. But to me, built it's like, look, you either building to sell it or you're building a failure. You want right. you don't want you, it's no middle ground, you know, or it's a job so that you post, like doing and it's, you know, you're not really in the business. So you're going to so post it on the Facebook page. Well, what I was thinking that we do is we, we go ahead and ask people that want the book to send an email to your email to the, right. whatever address you want them to send to. All right. And then, um, of course, you know, you have the constant contact. We can send out a call out with the cover right. for them to give us their email address and maybe All some right. other information so we can start to form a, uh, a study group All to right. look at that. Sounds like that works, man. All right, All right. well, we, we – we have, um, I think that we have a really good next two months coming up where where, where a lot of businesses are looking at, um, you know, mer- mercury, mercury retrograde should be over in a few weeks. So the All communication right. problems, the tech problems you've been having, it's ending. And so now right. it's going to be summertime getting ready to happen. Money's getting ready to come in. All so right. let's get ready. All right, man. All right, my brother. Thanks for coming out and putting your knowledge on us this evening. Absolutely. uh, All right, man. We'll get back. Okay. All right. Talk to you. Martin Pratt, Small Business News and Tech Report. Had a lot to say tonight, but you need to listen to what he is saying because everything he's talking about is important. I'm going to go to break, and when I come back, I'm going to do my Cat Builder Minute. Then we're going to start this conversation out with Brother Kevin McGee. I'll be back in a moment. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm coming back pretty quick here. Because I want to just spend a couple minutes on, you know, I talk about every week about getting your life straight. 
And I want you to I want to talk about five ways to protect yourself when we call energy vampires. You know, I found this great article written by Sylvia Salo, recognizing the toxic people in your life and get your energy back. Okay, you know what's an energy vampire? It's normally a toxic person with a long-term low energy, and he or she needs to replenish that energy, but they get it from someone else. Sometimes they do it unconsciously, sometimes unintentional. You may even yourself be an energy vampire without even realizing. Okay, but the important thing to keep in mind about energies is that we always pay back whatever we take. Okay. It's also true the other way around. We receive a positive interest on our energy investment when we uplift someone else. How do you read other people's energies? Think of someone you love and who's usually positive and nice. How do you feel when you're in their presence? Feel light, happy, energetic. Positive people have a gift to naturally uplift others. Now think of someone who's complaining and always negative. How do you feel when you interact with them? Not so well. A feeling of unwell in their presence warns you that something is off. The moment you emotionally react to energy vampires, they begin stealing your energy. Now, who are they? Sometimes your best friend most times talks about how difficult their life is and all the problems they have. If you don't listen to them, they accuse you of being selfish and not understand their suffering. Sometimes it could be the boss who pushes you to the limits. And mind, if you stand up for yourself, you say, hey, look, stop. They get upset. It could be a partner who manipulates you to do what he or she wants. Or the drama queen who needs that attention. And then, of course, always the victim who always feel like the whole world is against them. They take everything personal. But you got to get away from these people, okay? I'm going to give you a couple tips here how to protect yourself. One, learn to say no. When you say no to someone, you literally stop their energy flow between you two but you got to learn how to say no become aware of your own energies okay you know when someone is stealing your energy cut it off keep your energy with you when you feel that you're leaking energy you can put your hands on one of your own chakras and simply say in your mind your energy stays with you and of course love is the strongest energy the more love you practice the more energy you have and then sometimes this is the hard one you got to cut the cords you got to cut people out of your life that are bringing you down so that's my cat builder minute for tonight i'm gonna go to one more break and i'm gonna bring back kevin we're gonna start chopping it up about his book and the great things he's doing in the community to help people change their lives you listen to mark parham cat builder talk i'll be back in a moment You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're, You're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. 
Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people. Talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark Parham. and I'm coming back. I'm going to set the stage for this conversation I'm giving to have with Kevin. You know, entrepreneurship comes with a lot of challenges, rewarding but harsh challenges nonetheless. Experienced entrepreneurs have to deal with this no matter how long they've been in business, trying to establish a brand or just, you know, match what's going on. It's tough. You know, some of the things that you might have to go through, sometimes you're abandoning your career to start a business. You know, um, sometimes you're looking for funding for your business. Sometimes you're working on team building. You have to be the visionary, all these things. And the biggest fear is dealing with the unknown. But with a lot of that comes loss of balance and purpose. But tonight I am very happy to bring to the air somebody I've been watching for a long time. You know, I I feel like we're equal. You know, I'll say equal today. I was, you know, back behind. If you know on the air, I'd probably say something else. But uh, he is the man with the plan. Brother Kevin R. McGee. How you doing this evening, my brother? Hey, I'm doing good, Mark. How are you doing today? Can you hear me okay? We can hear you just fine, man. Kevin is a business coach and author of the book, I Am First. You know, it's a book about entrepreneurship and balancing life. Newly released book. So, Kevin, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you so much, Mark, man. Glad to be here and and glad to be uh, chopping it up with you, man. I, I definitely would agree uh we, we might be equals but i'll give you i'll give you a little edge over me mark you may be a few years older than me so you're a little wiser than me I can, I can defer to wisdom you know but thank you for having me on the show man really excited right, about it kevin uh why don't you introduce yourself tell, tell people who you are and uh okay. then we'll get to having a conversation about what you're doing that was so uh yeah my name is kevin mcgee i am a entrepreneur uh, public speaker, and, and now we're adding author uh, to that list as well. I, I've been an entrepreneur for over 25 years. I uh, started my first business when I was 23. That was a business I started in Washington, D.C. with a few partners of mine. We started a small manufacturing business, and from there went into uh, small business consulting and, and helping people start businesses and do business plans and business projections and financials and all those sorts of things, and then uh, went from there and started another business in the hospitality industry and did that for around, around 12, 15 years, uh, and so done a lot of different things and in a lot of different industries, and just like yourself, have helped a lot of people start a lot of businesses, you know, all over the country, and so, you know, from a lot of that experience, you know, I decided that, you know, I wanted to create a resource that, that I could kind of provide to entrepreneurs, um, you know, much like yourself, I'm sure you have people come up to you all the time and they say, hey, you know, you know, how do I start a business and, and what can I do? And, and you can never give them enough information in the five minutes that you're talking to them, right? And so, uh, you know, so this book is a way for me to kind of impart something and give something to people and just kind of help them, you know, be more successful, man. So uh, that's it. So the book is I Am the First, Success Secrets for First-Time Entrepreneurs on How to Navigate so t- Entrepreneurship and Balance Life. Yeah, so tell me this, what made you yep. think about writing your first book? You know, you know, I'll be honest with you, Mark. Uh, you know, the book, 
the book has been partially written for, for over eight years, you know, and, and I did a, a video blog the other day and I, I kind of laugh at it, but I had to sort of uh, critique myself. You know, I coach a lot of my business owners and I talk to them about procrastination. Well, you know, I'd been procrastinating for a while, you know, and so I, I'd always wanted to, you know, create a resource that I could give to people uh, and help them understand more about small business. And, and quite honestly, just like yourself, a lot of small business owners, you know, uh, don't have, you know, well, let me, let me rephrase it. A lot of startups don't have mm-hmm. resources to pay for a full-time coach, right? right. Uh, and while you and I both do a lot of volunteer stuff, we do a lot of stuff, you know, in kind, we can't work and help everybody for free, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, so, no, that don't work, so, bro. That don't work that at don't all. Work. That don't work. <laughs> you got kids. I got two kids, you know, they're approaching right, college. Right. So yeah, I got to make yeah. some money. So, you know, but, but, but the book allows me to kind of help people understand more about entrepreneurship, you know, at a price point that they can afford, you know, just kind of be real with uh-huh. you. So it's just a way for me to kind of take all of my knowledge, condense it into a book. It's a real short read, about 150 pages, and just hand it to people, you know, just sell it to people. And so um, that was one of the reasons that I wanted to do it. So what, you know, people get the book, and what are they going to get from it? I mean, what's it going to be in it for them? Yes, so I mean, I think it's 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 a book that's really about what I kind of call the, the soft part of entrepreneurship or the soft skills. I mean, I think, you know, there's enough information out there now that everyone can get you know, the technical stuff in terms of writing a business mm-hmm. plan, doing financials and those things. But no one's going to tell you about, you know, what to do, you know, when you're trying to start your business and your spouse isn't on board or what to yeah, do when you're trying to start one. your business. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you try to start your business and your partner doesn't agree with your vision, or you know, how do you, you know, grow your business and also spend quality time with your children if you have children. You know, I, I met a gentleman uh, just last week in a class that I was coaching, and he said, man, I really wish I would have had your book like two months ago. I said, well, why is that? He said, I just got divorced, right? He wow. I started a business. I, I didn't really know how to balance my time, you know, and so my wife, you know, she decided that she couldn't deal with it anymore, and, and so now, you know, I'm divorced, you know, and so, you know, it's very real. I mean, and as you know, entrepreneurship is hard. You know, it's not it's an easy road. Yeah, it's tough, man. You know, and it's not an easy road. And so in the book, you'll find things about, you know, how to balance life, how to deal with spouses, you know, how to deal with partnerships, how to deal with family, right? Because, you know, a lot of times we start our businesses and we invite our mamas and our cousins and all those people into our businesses to help us out, right? you know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know. Um, And so it's really kind of talking about those things that, that entrepreneurs really need to know to help them, uh, you know, be successful. And I, I had one more thing. It also deals with what you just talked about earlier, how to deal with those energy vampires, man. And, and that's right, very man. insightful, man. I love those tips and everybody needs to listen to those. But, you know, if there were one thing that I would say, you know, about entrepreneurship, it's definitely being able to, you know, understand how to just kind of push yourself away from the negative energy, you know, away from the naysayers and kind of away from the haters, man, and really just kind of motivate yourself. So, you know, you've been out here a long time helping people start business. What are some of the big yep. issues that you see out here when somebody comes to you and they go, I had this great idea, I want to start this business? What are some of the issues that you see them having? Yeah, I think, you know, I think, you know, the, the and this is going to sound weird, you know, the biggest issue 
is not what most people think. Most people think it's money, right? Mm-hmm. I, I personally think that the biggest issue is that people are not clear on what it is that they want to do in terms of their business. They aren't clear on their vision. You know, they think that they want to do a particular type of business or they think they want to go in a particular type of industry, but they haven't really sat down and really thought about, you know, what does it really take to run a million-dollar company? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people want to – that's kind of the benchmark, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort to run a big company. It takes a lot of intellect. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of acumen to run a big company. And that's not to say that people can't achieve that, but I think sometimes people just sort of see the dollar signs and they say, mm-hmm. hey, I want that, without really thinking about, well, what does that really, really re- require? And so I think people don't really give enough thought to, you know, what do they really need to do and what do they really need to learn in order to be successful in whatever industry that they're in. So I would say, you know, people just, I, I think you know, a lot of startups need to do a lot more research on what it really takes to be successful in their particular industry and in their particular niche. So, so as a business coach, how do you help them, you know, overcome some of these obstacles? Right. Yeah, I think, you know, what I always try to do in coaching, I really try to understand first and foremost, what, what is the goal of that individual entrepreneur? You know, I, I have a client and, uh, you know, she was building a, a very successful business, and, and she said that, excuse me, she said that she wanted to grow it to a certain level. And I said, well, do you know that if you grow it to that level, that means you're going to be working a little bit longer. You're going to have to supervise more employees, and you're going to have to do things a little differently. And she hadn't really thought about that. And so that mm-hmm. conflicted with her personal lifestyle, right? She liked mm-hmm. her time. She valued her hobbies, her interests. And so she made the decision that she didn't want to go that route, which was a good decision for her. And I think the biggest thing that I try to do with people when I coach is to make sure that their personal vision is aligned with their business vision. You know, if your personal vision is to spend more time with your family, uh, spend more time doing the things that you love, spend more time with your hobbies and and things of that nature, then you may not want to go into a business that's really labor or service intensive. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You may want to do something in terms of, more of a virtual internet-based business, right, where you can still mm-hmm. kind of, you know, be, be in command of your time. You know, if you want to spend, you know, a lot of time doing the things that you love, you, you may not necessarily want to go into accounting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, you may right, want to do right, something right. more virtual where you're remote, you know, and you kind of work wherever. You know, a lot of people are going to kind of remote business lifestyles or lifestyle entrepreneurs where they build their entrepreneurship based on what it is that they want to do with their life. Right. So, you know, you talk about spouses and significant others. How do you, you got this great business idea, you really want to get into it. How do you engage them about your idea? I mean, what do you do to try to get them on board? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I would say you can give them a whole lot of money, but usually you may not have a whole lot to get them if you start out. Right. (laughs) You're going to have that right from the start. You know, I think, you know, and I've been there, uh, you know, when I started, you know, some of my earlier businesses, uh, you know, my wife was, you know, on board. Let's put it like this. She was on board for the first three, <laughs> you know, because okay. gotcha. businesses sometimes come success and failure. So, you know, after the third, after the third round, you know, it was a little, a little difficult to continue to convince her. But I think, you know, what you have to do is I think you have to, demonstrate some successes first. You know I mean? I think you have to have 
some you have to have some small wins. And so, you know, even before you decide to officially start your business, let's say if you wanted to start, you know, I don't know, let's say, um, you know, I don't know, a consulting company. You know, I think before you go out there and, and hang your shingle and put your name up, you know, in lights, I think maybe you should get one or two clients, right? And you kind of let your spouse know, hey, I have two clients and this is what I'm doing. You know, I think you kind of demonstrate proof of concept, you know, to your spouse, you know, before you go ahead and take the take, take the plunge. You know, I don't think you go out and mm-hmm. do the articles of a corporation or do the LLC, get the name, pay the money, get the business cards, and then go home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, I right, think right. You have to really, you know, kind of demonstrate proof of concept. The second thing that I think you have to do is is as much as possible engage them in the process. You know, let's let's say if That's you had, had, had a yeah yeah if you had a spouse that was let's say a creative or a graphic designer, maybe he or she could help you design your logo, right? Or maybe they could help okay. you design you know some of your marketing materials. I think you have to find a way to help that person's strengths be a part of your business because it's a little difficult for people to not want to support something that they're engaged in. So I think you have to find right. a way to engage them in your business in some aspect. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It seems like if you're both working on it together, uh, it stands a better chance of, you know, survival. Um, but do you find, and now the question becomes, you know, you we both work with a lot of entrepreneurs that have their businesses. Yeah. How open are they? Yeah. To, you know, I, I know some people are like, no, nah, this is mine. Uh-uh. You know, how, how, yeah, from, you, from your travels, what do you see? <laughs> I think it varies, man. I think, you know, if you have a situation where, you know, a spouse is real selfish and they don't want to share, you know, their business and their ideas, I think you have a bigger question in your marriage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I, think, I guess you're right. You know, I think, you know, you might be unequally yoked, as they say, but – uh but, you know, I think, you know, again, you know, and I've had that happen to clients, too, where a client is really uh, pursuing, you know, their own business. And, and honestly, I'll just be real honest with you, it occurs a lot more, I think, um, you know, with women entrepreneurs uh, mm-hmm. where their spouses are less likely to support them. And that's a fact. You know, that's not just right. you know, I agree kind with of making that up. Yeah. But, yeah, the statistics no, show that, you know, that. you know, women, unfortunately, women entrepreneurs – uh, their spouses typically aren't going to be as supportive as if the roles are reversed, you know. So, um, you know, you just have to keep planning. But I also want to say this, though, you know, in regards to spouses and families, one of my biggest joys, I think, in, in starting my business is being able to share that experience with my children. So I have two daughters. Wow. And so mm-hmm. since they were little, man, they, they've been passing out business cards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody in my house works. You know, if you don't work, yeah, right. so so they do marketing. They pass out business cards. They they post the pictures and smile. And it's hard to turn down smiling kids. You know, so I put them on the yeah, front line. Yeah. So well, I need to get. I don't have any kids. So I might need to come borrow yours sometime and go out. Hey, hey, anytime. Hey, you, you can't borrow them. You can <laughs> rent them though, because I got to make money. I can I rent them. <laughs> Renegade. <laughs> Let's get back to your book. What is there like one yeah. chapter in your book that really meant a lot to you? That you just yeah, are like, I, I this think, is it, and really conveyed a lot. Yeah, I think um, if I had to, you know, name one, it would probably be the chapter's titled "Failure is Feedback." You know, failure mm-hmm. is life forms of feedback, and so I think. 
you know, one of the biggest things that, that I counsel people about is that, you know, when you start a business, and I'm not being negative or anything like that, but when you start a business, at some point you are going to fail. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, if you look at the most successful entrepreneurs in our time, whether it's, you know, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, you know, Oprah Winfrey, you know, uh, Bob Johnson, any of these billionaires, and you look at their stories, you see in the early years, they failed a number of times, right, at a number of things. But the, but the thing is, they didn't let that failure stop them. They didn't let that failure, you know, make them not want to continue to go in. And they kept moving and they kept pushing. And, and eventually, you know, they, they found success, you know. And my personal philosophy about failure is that, you know, if you keep going and you keep running, you know, eventually you will win. You know, and I think well, that's yeah. probably the chapter. Yeah, you, you have to keep going, man. I mean, you know, I tell people, you know, all the time, the number one rule to staying in business is staying open. You, to keep doing <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got you that know, right, yeah. It's simple. Yeah, you got to stay it open. Is. You got to be there, and you have to keep pushing, man. And you have to find a way, you know, to, to keep moving. I mean, if, if I stopped at the first time that I failed, if you stopped and other people stopped, you know, where would we be? You know, you have to continue to persevere. And, and, and it's funny because in every other aspect of our lives, whether it's learning how to walk, learning how to ride a bike, learning how to draw, paint, whatever it is, initially we always failed, right? But but we kept going. We got back up. But with entrepreneurship, sometimes for some reason when people fail, it's just sort of like, I can't do this. I can never do this again. Right. You know? So, yeah, and last thing I said, do with our brain. You know, I, yeah, yeah, you know, and I always try to tell people, you know, you know, people aren't failures. You aren't a failure. A person is not a failure. You may have had a business mm-hmm. or an event that failed, but that has right, nothing right. to do with you. Right. The difference. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Now, you were 23 with your first venture, official venture. Right. But I probably venture to say that you were probably – uh, even as a young child, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how you were as a kid. Were you entrepreneurial even growing up, or was it point three oh, yeah, when you first selling, decided? I was selling to blow pops, blow pops, and t-shirts <laughs> and tootsie rolls. Yeah, okay, right. You know, I was just my point. You know, I was you know, buying low and selling high. You know, and I think you know, right. lemonade stand. I didn't do too many lemonade stands right. because lemons were a little too expensive. But we definitely did. You know. <laughs> Uh, lemon heads, you know, and other kind of candy. Right. And, and, and I say that because a lot of times, yeah, but, but that's just it. A lot of us that are out here, whether or not we realize it or not, it's not something that's new inside of us. Okay. Right. It's been there. It's just that as adults, we have to learn how to harness that energy and do something with it. But for some yep. reason, when I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, they were the people selling candy. They were the people yep. mowing grass. They were the people yep. just doing things that they were growing up that helped them. Not only did we make a lot of money, I don't know, but it was our money. Okay. You know, and I, yeah. I think that's important. You know, and to have the support of our families during that time lets us know how to build something that's supported by, you know, just more than just yourself. But, yeah, I suspected you were out there slinging something, you know, blow pop. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think, <laughs> yeah, every, almost every entrepreneur I've ever met, you know, uh, it's never really been about the money. 
You know, it, it's no. always been about the ability to control your own schedule, control your life, control what right. it is that you do, you know, uh, and just that's worth so much more than money. Yeah, you know, it's so funny you say that because a lot of times people offer me projects that could be very, very, very lucrative. Okay. Right. But I look at them and I go, nah, that's not going to be that much fun or it's going to be too much stress <laughs> or it's going to change the quality of my life. Too much stress. <laughs> right. And I just have to say no, whereas a lot of people, you know, would, or you get offered a job, a lot of times people will say, you know, we'd like to hire you. And I go, no, you really don't. Okay, right. I'm not that guy. You know, because the minute you start saying be here at 8.30, if you're late, if you're at 8.31, we're going to have issues. We got a problem. We got a problem. No, you got a problem. I'm fine. Right, right, right. So, you know, I know we're coming down to the end here in a little bit, but so tell me this. Give me some tips as you, you know, you said a lot, and there's probably a lot in your book, but give me some things and nuggets of world pearls of wisdom that you always, you want to pass out to people that are considering embarking, not only embarking, because I think a lot of people are already on the journey. But what can you say to people that are on the journey to keep them on the journey? Because a lot of times it gets, it's getting hard out here. A lot of people right. want to stop. Right. Yeah. I, just, just a couple of things. I think the first one is realize that you aren't alone, right? You know, realize okay. that there are other entrepreneurs and people out there doing the same thing. The second thing along the same lines I would say is you have to find some sort of group to plug into. You know, whether that's an entrepreneurial group, whether that's a startup group, a meetup group, whether that's an informal group or just friends that you start yourself. But it's hard to continue to motivate yourself every single day. You know what I'm saying? You have to have some positive people. You know, you have to have some positive people around you. I mean, you know, you and I have been, you know, as entrepreneurs for a while, and and, and from time to time we we encourage one another. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's really what it is. You know, a lot, and I think a lot of people think that. You know, as entrepreneurs, you're naturally always excited and motivated and ready to go. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not true. Man. No, that's you know not true. But, but I mean, but that's but me. we know enough to surround ourselves and put ourselves in situations where, you know, we're motivated. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you kind of keep going. I think, you know, those two things are, are crucially important. And the last one is, you know, realize that entrepreneurship is a multi-generational thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it's not intended that you're going to start a business and you're going to be a a multi or decamillionaire within your lifetime. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's not what the the statistics show. You know what I'm saying? You you have a lot of anomalies, you know, Bill Gates and and Steve Jobs, but really Mm -hmm. the most successful companies that you see now, Coca-Cola, you know, et cetera, those are multi-generational companies. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They started over 100 years ago, you know? So I think that's what we have to bear in mind also. But, you know, definitely want people to pick up the book. Um, you know, uh, can I give my website out? Oh, absolutely, man. Go ahead. And I got one more question before yes, you go. Okay. Well, let me ask my question okay. you yep. hear that stuff out. Yep. You've been, you've been working with your daughters, helping you in business. Do you think you've built the entrepreneurial spirit in them? Oh, I know they have. Uh, my daughter, okay. uh, my oldest daughter, is uh, she'll be launching her. She's fourteen, so she'll be launching her first business okay. this summer, and uh, all right, that's going right. to be a yeah. So she's going to be like a, a, a mommy's helper, pa- party planner, 
type thing for toddlers. Yeah, she's doing her thing. And then my youngest, uh, she will be doing something as well in, in the next couple of years. I mean, they already – they already uh, dog sit and, and puppy watch for my neighbors, so uh, okay. they get All paid right. for that yeah, on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. Hey, but listen, right. listen, Mark. So they get paid, but I get ten percent because I set it up. All like, right, you know I was going to ask you about that. Hey, right. I, 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 I got go to I'm serious. I I I, I, I know you are. Just so they understand, hey, there's a cost to doing business. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Good. That's so, great, man. Yeah, that's great. So tell everybody about your website where they can go to get your books and all that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so the book "I Am the First Success Secrets of First Time Entrepreneurs," you can get it on Amazon. Search Kevin McGee or "I Am the First. Uh, you can get it from my website www.kevinkevinrmcgee.com. www.kevinrmcgee.com or find it on Amazon. And so. Uh, Get it, pick it up. It'll be a resource to you, uh, Mark. I thank you so much for the opportunity. You're always looking out, nah, man. man. I, I truly appreciate you, brother. Nah. nah, man. We gotta. I want to do a book signing for you, so we're gonna have to talk about that. All right. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. All right, man. man. All right. Thanks for coming right. out tonight, my. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, man. All right. All right. All right. I am Eric McGee. You know, get his rules to life, entrepreneurship. You got to stick with it. Can't stop. So you listen to Mark Parham, Cat Builder Talk. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today. Hope you enjoy the show. I look forward to our next encounter. Next week, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, here on the Cat Builder Radio Network. Thank you for joining us this evening on the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. It is our mission to provide you with the information you need to make educated decisions, decisions that will help you walk in your purpose. We are here every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash cap builder talk. We hope you enjoyed the show.